Welcome to the 19th episode of Dialogica. I'm Stephanie Tankilisan, and this week we have a very special guest, my friend Tika. My name is Tika. So basically, Sweden's still out um, licking his wound after the Hillary defeat. So we have Tika, who's going to be with us today as a special guest and a fellow Chinese-Indonesian woman. Yep. And we're going to talk about racism towards Chinese-Indonesian in Indonesia, uh, especially after November 4th, the anti-Ahok demonstration. We're going to talk about structural racism, privilege, and basically our fears as Chinese-Indonesians. So this is more of a conversational and confessionary episode where we are trying to make people who are non-Chinese Indonesian understand what it feels like to be Chinese Indonesian. So here's to it. So we have a very special guest. My name is Kolastika Lupitawina. Am, Which is a very awesome name. Yeah. Like when I first met you, I was like, Whoa, "That is such a cool name." Everyone says that. Is that an Indonesian name? And I was like, like just Scholastica, right? Like yeah, learned, it's educated. A saint. Yeah, it's oh, the name okay. of a saint. And Tika works for Pijaru. Yeah, oh. which is part of Compass Group Media, uh, focusing on video. Uh-huh. I also write for uh, some publications like Magdalene, which is a feminist. Awesome feminist webzine, and also Cinema Poetica, which is a film webzine. You should check it out; it's amazing. And also a, a Cubicle Slate. So basically, what happened? Just to recap for people who are not that familiar, our current Jakarta governor Basuki Jayapurnama, commonly known as Ahok, had a speech in a thousand islands where he said that Muslims were being fooled by. Al Maida Fifty One, or a specific verse that said that you cannot vote for a non-Muslim head of state or uh, yeah. governor. Um, this was edited and spread out and propagated by a few organizations that essentially charge Ahok of blasphemy and insulting the religion of Islam, which resulted in a massive, massive demonstration of a hundred thousand to maybe five hundred thousand people flooding Jakarta on November fourth. Three weeks ago, thousands of protesters vented their anger against Jakarta's governor for questioning the meaning of a Quranic verse. This Friday, they say there will be many more, and they'll be coming from all over Indonesia. During a recent election event, the capital's Christian governor, known as Ahok, had urged voters not to believe a statement by religious scholars that according to a verse in the Quran, Muslims can't be governed by a non-Muslim. A radical group, the Islamic Defenders Front, filed a case for blasphemy against the governor, and other groups have called for his arrest. Although Friday's rally is addressing religious sentiments, much of it is about politics. The governor of Jakarta is a crucial position in Indonesia. Ahok, who is leading the poll, says he's ready to face any legal process. I think the most important for this country is law enforcement. So I will subdue to what the law wants. You already apologized, but Muslim groups are still angry. What do you want to say to them? Don't, don't ask me. I never mean to bless for me because I have my family, I have my mom is a Muslim. I have a brother is a Muslim. I live in a 93% Muslim in my hometown. And I also be a regent or mayor in my hometown for 93% Muslim. With tension rising ahead of the governor's elections in February, there's not only fear of violence, 
but also over increasing anti-Chinese and anti-Christian sentiment. Stepfast, Al Jazeera, Jakarta. And essentially, uh, what concerned a lot of Chinese Indonesian is that they saw Ahok being, um, you know, there's like, you know, photos where people had dummies of Ahok being hanged and numerous people having, you know, signs and slogans saying like, kill Ahok, kill Chinese Indonesians. So basically this conflating of Ahok, who is Chinese Indonesian, with how, you know, basically a lot of other Chinese Indonesians need to be punished as well for his actions. For me, I felt very disappointed, mm-hmm. and you told me you were feeling really angry. I think I was I was so upset back then because I feel like I'm from the working class, and I don't I don't feel like I know the upper class Chinese that lives in the in peak and such because my mom and my dad works for them, mm-hmm. and they do have like a very different outlook in terms of their Indonesianness. Like they don't really want to vote. They don't really care about what's happening in the government. Mm-hmm. But I do. My mm-hmm. parents do. My dad even actually ran for election. Oh really? Yeah, like regional election. So we really care a lot about mm-hmm. our society and mm-hmm. so I was very disappointed that people actually still think after nineteen ninety eight that we all actually don't care and it's as if my efforts to make Chinese Indonesians more integrated integrated to the society is not enough and I was I felt betrayed I felt yeah. like the reaction towards Ahok and this whole Ganyang Tina thing yeah. basically made you feel that you're not acknowledged as Indonesian yes I was very hurt actually like I took it very personally yeah what yeah, and like nobody, what more do you want, right? Yeah. It's like we Yeah, and then suddenly it's just But undone. overnight it yeah. can be undone or and or there are so many people who still wouldn't accept us as Indonesians. That's the disappointment. Mm-hmm. And for me the fear was that just by one person, they can point the blame to all Chinese Indonesian again and yeah. then talk about you can Chinese Indonesians as if we're all the same mm. and we're all responsible about the economic system and like all of this scapegoaty stuff. Yeah. came back overnight come back. basically tells me that if any kind of economic problem happens and then the leader at the time you know blames the Chinese Indonesian again basically overnight Chinese Indonesians will be scapegoated targeted and killed again and there yeah. and there is nothing that can stop that because a big enough majority of Indonesians feel that that's right even educate and this is what bothers me the most even mm-hmm. educated Muslim Indonesians and not all yeah. can still blames and like lumps Chinese Indonesian together. Every time I will say everything good about this country, yeah. the food, I'm an yeah, excellent tour guide. Yeah. But yeah, apparently to it's you, not I'm enough. just yeah, I'm just some Chinese girl and I, I don't my voice don't matter. was any other minority or any other race besides Chinese Indonesian, he would not be met with such ferocity in the way that he did. There is this pressure that most Chinese Indonesians need to be invisible. Yeah. I remember feeling really quite annoyed by my parents because they chose to have like this house that is very obvious looking and I'm afraid that it will make us some sort of a target which is actually like a ridiculous fear but I think um, I don't know I just I just want to be invisible 
So there's something about this denial of our ethnicity which exists because we don't feel safe and comfortable about being Chinese. Yeah, totally. And this goes back to the long history. Of yeah, a very long history. And violence against Chinese and Yeah, Asians. and a lot of it is about the new order. Because in the new order, we are forced kind of, I don't know if it's totally forced or not, but we are forced to assimilate yeah. to the national identity yeah, which, of being Indonesian. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm fine with. Like, you know, yes. basically for those who don't know, under Suharto, people were forced to change their Chinese name into yes. Indonesian sounding names. Yeah. And I mean, I never thought about it, but it's so messed up, right? Like, can you imagine mm-hmm. like having to change your family, entire family's name to something that is not yours? Yeah. And I understand its purpose, but it's kind of like, mm-hmm. you're not allowed to celebrate Chinese New Year, you're not allowed to speak your own language. Yes. Um, So this forced assimilation just kind of made us Chinese and Asians feel like more and more marginalized. And it's sort of like if Chinese culture is not allowed to be celebrated, it means Mm -hmm. that we are not truly Indonesian, right? Like they're trying to remove that aspect of our heritage. Whereas they're not trying to say like, oh, Balinese people or Batak people can't celebrate their own culture, right? Yeah, which is weird. Like, So basically the whole thing is like, Chinese culture is mm. not Indonesian. And sure, like, there's China. Like, we all maybe came from China. But we're Chinese Indonesians. And, like, we don't speak Chinese. Yeah, like, yeah. We don't feel any heritage or yeah, attachment to China. That's a big problem to me. I was quite upset that I don't have, like, some sort of this root. And, yeah. yeah, I'm not Chinese, but you don't want to see me as Indonesian either. Yeah. So, it's so weird because I can't speak... My parents would speak uh, Kek and Teochew. Yeah two dialects and they don't teach me anything and they don't even uh, I don't I can't even speak Mandarin which is so weird I don't speak I mean it's not weird like when we were growing yeah. up we were not there were no Chinese language schools so yeah. how can we speak Mandarin right yeah so we don't have this some um, we don't have any roots. we don't have the heritage and then like when I studied about in China basically Chinese people blame me for not speaking Chinese yeah I am not considered Chinese either. Yeah. So, so it, it's sort of so like... So what is, so what what is we, Chinese Indonesian? Because right? I think a lot of Chinese Indonesians desperately feel that we are Indonesian. Mm. And the fact that we're always, you know, spit back in our face that, you know, you're not really Indonesian really hurts. Yeah, I know. To a degree. <laughs> like, with this Ahok thing... With, it's confusing. With, basically, the rejection of Ahok to the, such the degree that he's rejected mm-hmm. says a lot to a lot of Chinese Indonesians in the sense that, no, like, we don't accept Chinese Indonesians as pure Indonesians. You, yeah. as Chinese people, need to shut up. Yeah, Like, that, exactly. that idea that uh, atau, like, yeah. you have to know your place, and, you know? And it's so irrelevant because I am born here and probably my earliest essay that got published, which, yeah. which was in Kompas Muda, which was kind of poetic because I'm not working there, so yeah. sort of. Yeah. Uh, it was about how I feel like an outsider because I'm not Indonesian. I was actually so keen on yeah. writing about that uh, since yeah. I was in 10th grade. It was totally a big deal for me. Yeah. Especially because I want to, uh, I want to, I don't know, I have this obsession to go on student exchanges and such. Uh-huh. And one of the big part about those experiences are uh, actually sharing your culture I have none I don't yeah. I don't know I feel like I that's feel, true like yeah. what kind of culture what, like, yeah what 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 should I do yeah. am I Sundanese because I live in Banten yeah am I Dayak because my parents are from yeah. Pontianak so yeah. I was like I don't know like I wouldn't share. for example right like I wouldn't feel right 
trying to learn Chinese dance, yeah. and then I feel really uncomfortable about learning Japanese dance, right? Because yeah. I don't feel like I feel like that would be cultural appropriation. Yeah, right? is that like, appropriation? But I have nothing. I have nothing to share. Everything and, was taken from us culturally, yes, and the only thing I can do is probably just sing the national anthem. <laughs> That's it. Like I only have like so we're like Indo. We're like Indo light. <laughs> So I think it's useful to talk about structural racism in this sense because I think a lot of people think just because there's Chinese Indonesian privilege that mm-hmm. all Chinese Indonesian people are the same. So when we're talking about you know privilege, we're talking about not all, but a lot of Chinese Indonesians have privilege yeah. in the sense that a lot of Chinese Indonesians are raised in families where they're more likely to be pushed to get as much education as possible, and the family would be willing to spend. Mm-hmm. All of their money educating their children, yes. uh, and you know, taught to work hard, and that you know, entrepreneurship is everything, and money is everything. So yeah. when you're raised in that kind of environment, I think if everybody's raised that way, a lot more people are going to succeed in the economic way. Yes, because that kind of like education helps in the system of capitalism. <laughs> yeah, totally. And these are two different categories. Not all Chinese Indonesians are economically privileged. They're not rich, guys. Yeah, total misconception. Uh, the majority of Chinese Indonesians, if anything, are also very poor, right? And in addition to this history and cultural thing, is that I think what a lot of people don't realize is that a lot of the roots why people emphasize education and mm. entrepreneurship is because we don't have any government jobs offered. That's the only route where we can have money. And mm-hmm. we also don't have any institution that has our backs. And if you are in trouble, you know that you feel that the police or the military will not help you unless you pay them to. Yeah. Like there's this feeling yeah, we, that we, money we is security. Pay more. Yeah. Yes. Like who doesn't want security? So there's mm-hmm. this idea that like especially after ninety eight, after sixty five There's always this idea for a lot of Chinese Indonesians that you need to have enough money and save enough money and put that money abroad just in case another ethnic cleansing does happen. And I think a lot of it is anger too because no one has ever been punished for it, you know, killing. Yeah, because we refuse to talk about it, which is which is insulting. Yeah, yeah. It's so difficult to talk about racism in Indonesia because stereotyping is really easy. Yeah. And but the difference is that I think it's definitely a big misconception that there's structural racism perpetrated by the Chinese Indonesians towards Indonesians because that really no. forgets yeah. the definition of structural racism in mm-hmm. the sense that there needs to be social, cultural, economic, and institutional power control that the Chinese Indonesians have to oppress Pribumi yeah. Indonesians. Yeah, and that doesn't exist. Like societally. We can be ra- individuals can be racist. Um, maybe some institutions can be prejudiced, but yeah. it's not the same as you know structural racism by white Americans to Black Americans, mm-hmm. where you have a policy that, um, like you know, redlining is one of them. So basically, Black people cannot get loans for you know buying homes as easily as white Americans, yeah. or you know, police brutality. So like all of these okay. things, like so for example. You don't have Chinese Indonesians in the police or the military, or really in the government. So basically, you, if anything, there's institutional racism against Chinese Indonesians in Indonesia. I mean, yeah. 
um, as you can see, Ahok is someone who is in a way penalized for his ethnicity, right? Yeah. I actually bring my passport every time because I'm afraid of ethnic cleansing. Are you serious? Yeah. I just, I just like... Really? <laughs> I don't know. I just like... I'm Indonesian. <laughs> it's like a proof, like a paper. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, there's like this weird superstition of mine. I just have to carry my passport. If people actually laugh at me, but... Well, what the heck? Whoa. I, I just knew I didn't know that you... Well, okay. Yeah, I carry my passport every time. Like, you None know... None of my family does that. Only me. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, in our KTP before... There was a number nine for our national yeah. ID numbers. Yeah. yeah. That's what you call institutional racism, by the way. Yeah, yeah. That's institutional yeah. racism. Ugly violence brewing in the Chinese quarter of Jakarta as thousands of Indonesian youths riot in resentment against a peaceful Chinese protest earlier. Stores are smashed and the mob terrorizes the local Chinese, ignoring appeals by the Indonesian foreign minister. Increasing hostility toward the Chinese stems from an abortive coup two years ago, allegedly the work of Chinese Reds. Street beatings and bloodshed turn Jakarta's downtown section into an arena of anarchy. No Chinese citizen is safe. My grandma told me that during the 66 mm-hmm. communist cleansing, whatever. Slash Chinese cleansing. Yeah, Chinese, yeah. She actually had like a stash of her books, which mm-hmm. are all in Mandarin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she st- stashed it and buried, she buried it. it. Yeah. yeah. And they live by the river, so... <gasps> I got it. It's they're gone. all gone. And she was like, no. And I was like, oh, God. But she was so afraid to put it in the house. So Yeah. So they, oh, so she, during that oh, time, yeah. she didn't feel like it was safe to be Chinese, right? Yeah. A majority of Chinese Indonesian families have had families killed because of anti-Chinese yeah. sentiments. Yeah. And that should be a study, right? But like... Um, it's difficult. Where, where, families where can... from both of my sides have been, you know, killed as a result of anti-Chinese sentiment. So, yeah, so it's like, that's very much part of my identity and, like, knowledge that, you know, the sentiments, whenever you're talking about anti-Chinese sentiments, isn't just an opinion. This Mm -hmm. is something, a general pattern of thinking that has resulted to half of my grandparents' siblings are dead because of that, you know? God. Yeah, so it's, it's not, like completely just theoretical for Mm -hmm. me it's like real i think it forced us to see the reality which is we're far from being recognized as truly indonesian by a lot of indonesians Mm -hmm. and that disaster and violence could break out again at any time and that's really disappointing and hurtful I think you can't really define Chinese Indonesian identity without our history of ethnic cleansing and just everything bad, right? Like, yeah, it's like being set apart because you can't define Chinese Indonesian without saying that Chinese Indonesian is not fully Indonesian. 
that's part of the salt in the wound, right? Thank you so much for listening to us this week. Uh, we hope you kind of took away something from it. Thanks so much for Tika. As always, um, music credits to Jazzart, Ryan Little, and Broke for Free. And if you haven't followed us on YouTube, um, our latest channel, uh, you should definitely follow yeah. us. We're also still going to be on SoundCloud, but we want to uh, highlight YouTube a bit more. And also, it's a lot easier, I guess, to listen on YouTube than, yeah. say, like open up SoundCloud or you know, go into iTunes and download the podcast. So we're trying to make it easier for you guys to, to, listen. Uh, to enjoy the episodes. Yeah. And once again, we always, always really want feedback. So email us at dialogicapodcast at gmail.com or send us a Facebook message or comment on YouTube. And as always, uh, we'll have resources and links at our website, dialogica.id. And thanks so much for listening. Bye.